0: Good morning. morning. This morning, um, I like the song we introduced, Give Me the Bible, um, we sang just before the lesson, because um, we're going to be opening up a number of scriptures, this will probably be more like an old-timey lesson, you might have heard, we're going to go through some scriptures, but we're also going to consider the impact of what God has said with regard to sin. Um. In understanding what God has said about sin, it's always sin. It's always wrong. So we're going to look at how we sometimes kind of want to justify the things we do that are contrary to what God has said, realizing that, yeah, we we do that, and we find ways in ourselves sometimes to do that, and we need to be careful about that because God is very specific about what he says and how he feels about sin. So as we go this morning, we're going to look through uh, each of these uh, points. I'm going to go over just a number with you. So if you'll open up to Genesis, we'll so start out with God in the beginning. But we'll start out in uh, actually in John, uh, Genesis, the third chapter. And um, we're going to read verses uh, 4 and 5, Genesis 3. Verses 4 and 5. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God in knowing good and evil. Okay. So here in the beginning, we've got, I guess, the first temptation and the first deception. And who is it here giving us? But the devil himself in the form of the serpent. And what he says is a, is a perversion of what God has said. What he said is, God, God uh, said this, but you're really, it really won't happen. It really won't happen. You're not going to die. Um, but what he does conclude, conclude with, look over at verse 22 in the same chapter. What does uh, God actually say here? Now, Adam and Eve have already taken the forbidden fruit and the consequences have been, uh, or God has said what the consequence will be for the woman and for the man and for for the Satan, uh, the serpent. In verse 22 it says, The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So what he's going to take him out of the garden. There's a consequence for that as well. But God did say that uh, this other part that verse three and four we're talking about, God knew that in the day they took of that, they would know good and evil. All right? But he wasn't being jealous about that. He had just given them a rule. He told them, don't take of it. Because in the day that you take of that, you're going to die. But Satan turned around and perverted it and said, you, you're really not going to die. So, we have to be aware of what God does say, and what is meant by that, and the the reality of it. Don't be persuaded by pe- by people to believe something other than what God has said. Okay? So, Sin is always wrong, right? Sin, in any form, is going to be wrong. So, what about um, even if we 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 don't know better, we'll sometimes hear people say, "Well, I, I didn't know." Uh, ignorance of the law is not an excuse. We're still held responsible. God has said it. It's <laughs> up to us to know it. God has made it available. You know. The, I guess the perception that people want to leave is that, well. He made it so hard to find. I couldn't know it, so it's his fault, or I'm not guilty. But that's not what it says. Look over in um, in Acts, the third chapter. Turn to Acts, the third chapter, and begin reading verse seventeen. 17 uh, through 19 yes now brethren I know that you did it in ignorance as it also your rulers But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ should suffer and uh, he has thus fulfilled repent therefore and become uh, converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Okay, so what had they done? You know, the, this uh, uh, proclamation had come that, that these people had rejected the Christ, put him away, put him aside, and even concurred with his crucifixion, uh, the killing of him. And he said, but I, I know you did it in ignorance. Now, they had the law. They knew. Possibly they had been persuaded. <clears throat> Possibly they had ignored. Maybe they were raised not to pay attention to what God had said. All those possible possibilities are out there. But he said, I, I know you did it in, in ignorance. You know, you didn't realize this is the Son of God. Others were telling you otherwise. didn't change the fact. This is the Son of God. You did it in ignorance. So what are you supposed to do about that? He says, "Repent." So there is a there is a way to to overcome that sin that now we we find ourselves in. He said, "Repent, all right. Repent therefore of your sins. Now that you've recognized it, repent of those things. Without that repentance, uh, we're still guilty." Without the forgiveness of sins. But we have to repent of those things. So um, so just because we say we didn't know better doesn't give us any, any right. Doesn't make sin okay. So don't let yourself be caught up in that thinking that, well, you know, I, I, I just didn't know. That's, that's not going to be an excuse. We need to pay attention to what God said. And we need to help each other so that we won't find ourselves in that spot. Help each other. Alright, and the other thing I want to talk about is what about, uh, uh, what if we sin with a clear conscience? Can you sin with a clear conscience? Yeah. Well, Paul is a good example of that. So while we're in Acts, let's go ahead and turn over to Acts, the 23rd chapter. We'll start there, Acts 23, and verse 1. We'll just read there. Paul, looking earnestly, earnestly at the council, said... Men and brother, I have lived in all con- good conscience before God until this day. Paul standing before the council, they brought him in for proclaiming the gospel. But what did he say? I have lived in all good conscience before you, up to this day. Up to this day. He's got good conscience. What about um, Acts the 23rd chapter? You run over to 23rd chapter and you read um, uh, verse 1. I'm sorry, I did that one first. Acts uh, 22nd chapter, and let's look at verses uh, 1 through 5. 22, 1 through 5. Brethren and fathers, hear my defense before you now. And when they heard that he was speaking to them in the Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent. Then he said, I indeed, I am indeed a Jew, born of Tarsus of Sicily. And, uh, but brought up at this, in, this, in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of your father's law, and was zealous toward God, as you all know today. I persecuted this way to the, to the death, binding and delivering into prison both men and women, as also the high priest bear, bear me witness. In all this, uh, in all the counsel of the elders, for when I was when I also received letters to the brethren and went to Damascus to bring, the chain, uh, bring in chains even those who were in, uh, to Jerusalem to be punished. So Paul's admitting, yeah, you know it. This is what I did. I, I did this with zeal because I believed this was the right thing to do. And I had letters of authority to go and do it and I brought them in and I put them in prison and they were even killed. So I was out collecting all these that I felt like were sinning, that I believe were sinning. He said, but he did it in good conscience. All right, look at First Timothy uh, verses one fifteen. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. This is where Paul sees himself now, even as he's out proclaiming the gospel now. Because of the things he's done, he feels that his sins have made him the chiefest of sinners. So he didn't excuse what he felt good about and what he thought he was doing was right. He recognized that that was sin. But he did it in good conscience, just as we can do today. We think we're going to be doing the things that please God. But if we do it incorrectly or against his will, we may find ourselves fighting against God. And then, whether we want to accept it or not, we find ourselves in sin. Um... We have a good conscience, but we need to pay attention to what God says. And when we find ourselves contrary to what God says, I thought I was doing well. I remember when I was converted; I thought I was doing well. Then I found out it wasn't. It scared me to death. I needed to fix that. So that's how we need to be. You got to get that fixed right away. We need to get ourselves right before God. So having a clear conscience doesn't make it okay. It's still sin. If you're not doing what God's told you to, so. okay, then uh, what about? Yeah, but you know, I can do this because it's legal. It's it's legal. It can't be a sin if it's legal, right? Well, what about? What do we find out there? Uh, Acts the fifth chapter. We'll just go right on back to Acts the fifth chapter, and uh, we'll read on Acts fifth chapter verse twenty-nine. Very simple. Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. What did he say that for? We ought to obey God rather than men. What was going on? Look, they had been taken and put into prison, right, for preaching, uh, preaching the gospel. And uh, when they had been brought out to be released, you know, they were told, you go out and, and, and from now on out, don't, don't you preach in this name any longer. Don't you preach in the land. Now, who was saying that? Well, it was the leaders of the Jews, wasn't it? It was the leaders of the Jews. That was the law. They said one thing. What was his response back to them? Verse 29. We ought to obey God rather than men. So we can find ourselves sometimes in conflict, especially today, uh, with the law, and what God has said. God tells us to point out evil, to speak, and to, to sh- shed light on what is real and true. So as you do that, what God considers is, is, is sin, to help men stay away from that, we have to reveal that. But Sometimes the laws say you, you won't do that. There are going to be consequences against you. You can't do that. It's against the law. Yeah, we find ourselves in maybe in the same position they did, where they're being warned, "Don't do this anymore." And he says, "Who are we going to obey? The laws, your laws, or God?" So it's not—it's a no-brainer. We, we're going to obey what God says before we'll obey what man will say every time. Right. So we have to be cautious. So just because it's legal to do it, there are states where there are sins that are legalized. There are places in the world where there are things that God has said don't do that they do, because it's illegal. It is a legal action. You can do those things, but it's contrary to what God has said. <laughs> uh, just because it's legal, doesn't make it acceptable before God. It's still sin. Man's law does not justify breaking God's law. Okay. What if uh, what if someone's uh, really respectable? You know, you, you look up to this person. What about them? It's sin, even when you follow the example of someone that's respectable. If they're doing something contrary, or teaching something that's contrary to what God says, look over in the first into First John and uh, the fourth chapter. First John, the fourth chapter, verse one. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, All right, so just because someone that many people look up to has a good reputation, or you might look up to as a hero, would say a thing, just realize that they're human beings. Human beings are capable of failing. They we're not. We're not without error. You know, it doesn't matter how long they've studied, how much they know, or what they've done in their life. Uh, don't trust me; I can lead you astray. Go always go back to God's word and find out what God said about that. Don't don't lean on uh, another person and think that just because they're doing it. Remember, whenever there was a contra- controversy about what what about whether we can eat meat or not, you know, and that was sacrificed to idols and that kind of thing, and The example was, you know, well, Paul said, if eating meat causes my brother to stumble, I'll never eat meat again. He was going to do it. There was nothing wrong with eating the meat. He understood that, but it was going to be a situation where it caused him to stumble. Well, that just gives gives you the same understanding that people will sometimes follow people that they perceive as having uh, knowledge or wisdom, uh, understanding greater than they do, and they look up to them as their examples and they say, well, if they do it, Surely I can do it it 's got to be okay that can lead them into into sinning against their own conscience because they're still not settled with it so you have to settle that conscience with what does God really say about it and not what that person my hero my, my this person I respect and look up to says or does it's always got to be so so we can we can uh, find ourselves in sin that way, falling that following the path of somebody else. Um, false witnesses going, that it's, sometimes it's n- not out of malice. They're just not telling you the truth. Or they're not telling you the whole truth. They'll tell you you got to believe and that's all there is and you, you're saved. Well, they're not telling you the whole truth. You, know, you need to see what God does say about things like that. Um, or wait, you know, what about when someone says... I can do this thing because no one else no one's gonna get hurt if I do this. So it's okay. No one's no one's gonna get hurt. Um, no one's gonna uh, no one's going to have it feel the impact of what I do here. But then that's a kind of a, a loss of understanding of what sin really is. Who are you sinning against really? When, when David sinned, what did he say he sinned? Who did he say he sinned against? Against himself. Against the Lord, you God, you only. I've sinned against you. When, sin, when we sin, it's truly against God. We may impact others with our sins, but that's against God. Because God has showed us what is good, what is right, what will make our lives acceptable in his sight. And what pleases him, since he's created us and loved us and and sent his son to die for us, he has every right to expect us to do what he says. And he has a reason for it, because it's good for us. It's going to bring us to him. It's going to help us to be more like him. So, um, no one's going to get hurt? Yeah, well, maybe. Look at Numbers, the 32nd chapter. Numbers. Numbers thirty two. My fingers just don't work as fast as you used to. Um and verse twenty-three Numbers thirty-two. Twenty-three. But if but if you do it uh, if, but if you do not do so Then take note You have sinned against the Lord And be sure your sins will be found out Alright so Moses is speaking to his people And he's, and he's outlining to them um, uh, Some truths He's uh, in verse 20 starts out Then Moses said to them If you do this thing If you arm yourselves before the Lord the war and all your armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out his enemies from before them and the hand the, and the hand is subdued before the Lord then afterwards you may return and be blameless before the Lord and before Israel and this shall and this land shall be your possession before the Lord but if you do not do it do so then take note you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sins will be found out. So the Lord's given direction, um, and He's told us, uh, told His people what to do. They're going to go that land. They're to sort of do it, and then, and uh, those that don't do it, you're going to be found out. Um, so it's sinning against God. You're going to. Um, uh, you think that if you can hide this because you don't do this, that you won't be found out. You will be found out. You will be found out. So, um... Another place that we look for with regard to no one's going to get... I won't get caught in this. I can hide it. I won't get caught. uh, Would be Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 13. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter, in verse 13, um... He talks about what God is able to see. Is, is there anything that, that we can hide from God, really? I mean, God is everywhere. He sees, He knows everything. God, Hebrews, the fourth chapter in verse 13, simply says, um, And there is no creature hidden from His sight, all thing, and, but all things are naked and open to His eyes, and He created us. Uh, him who created, uh, to whom we must all give an account. Right, so, we're told that in the judgment we'll give an account for our deeds. But we sometimes persuade ourselves that I can do this, and it's not a big deal. And besides, I won't be found out. We just lie to ourselves when we when we do that. We have to understand that sin is sin. If we if we feel that we can do something knowing that it's contrary, but no one's going to find out that I did it. Did you forget that God sees everything? Do we understand that God is looking to approve our actions, but he sees when we're disobedient and when we break his laws, we go against his will. So he's aware of that as well. He wants us to do what's good. He gives us every opportunity to do what's good. Sometimes we do what we want to do. Because we think we won't be found out. All right, there's no place that we can hide from God, right? Um, and uh, even there's another thing. We, it's going to be sin even if... Uh, even if... Well, let, let me just say it this way. My sin isn't as bad as... Someone else's sin. Um, even if uh, my sin is not as bad as somebody else's sin, who's judging that? Happens to be me, doesn't it? And it happens to be me. Um, so we also do that with others, you know, judging how other people act or whatever. In uh, James, the second cha- chapter, verse. Uh, uh, James the second chapter in verse Nine it says that we If you show partiality That we're committing sin Right so we're showing Partiality but we're judging Who's right who's wrong um, we're, we're Showing sin that way so we look at Somebody else well I'm not as bad as This person You know it doesn't say That I'm right but I'm not as bad as him when you're Caught in something well you do it too That doesn't make it okay all right, so you know we 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 can't justify ourselves in that. Um, when we're trying to do when we're trying to do something good, we can say, "Well, I was only trying to do something good." Uh, that's not a good justification. Can you think of a, a time when we might say that we're doing something that was just for the good of the other person? Um, I'm going to lie to them because I know they will really be hurt if they heard the truth and i really don't want them hurt i'm not going to tell them about the gospel because that would mean they'd have to deal with their family and loved ones that have died and gone on before believing error and that would bring such torment on them i can't tell them about that let me i'm you know i'll be i'll do good i won't do what god says i'll do what i think is going to be so who's the judge now i'm the judge and my, my judgment is temporary my judgment is flawed God's judgment is given so that everyone will know what's right and good and be able to do those things to please God so see, it's, it, maybe I'm thinking my sin is not as bad as the other thing, I'm trying to do something good um, but I find out that in the end I'm doing something contrary to what God wants me to do because my judgment is not God's judgment uh, what about, um, giving me a good example, would be uh, 2 Samuel 6, uh, where it talks about, the whole, the whole chapter's talking about, they, they're moving the ark, right? They're bringing it back. They're bringing the ark back. And boy, they're so excited. Everyone's so happy. They're going to bring the ark back. They built this cart and set the ark on it. And they're all, you know, they're traveling, bringing the ark back. And they hit a, they hit a spot where the ark starts to tilt. And what would you do? You know, you're standing alongside the ark. It starts to tilt. Well, Uzzah reaches out and he touches the ark to stabilize it. And he struck dead immediately. Because why? God says you don't touch the ark. And we'll just say that because there's so many other reasons that that happened that way. They weren't supposed to be carrying on a cart. There were all kinds of laws that were being broken. But Uzzah stuck out his hand and touched the cart. And he was punished immediately for it. And we think it's, we think that's cruel, that's hard, that's harsh. No. God had given specific uh, commands with regard to that. And this one fell personally right upon Azza. Okay, so we try to do good. Sometimes it's to our own hurt, or it's what we think. and, And then we end up fighting against God, or doing those things God tells us not to do. Um... Or we can, you know, we can uh, think that. Um, well, if we're if we're sinning because it's somebody else's influence, I think I kind of touched on that. W- weren't they weren't Adam and Eve influenced to to eat that forbidden fruit? Yeah, they were deceived. Um, Adam knew about it. Eve knew about it, but they were persuaded. They were deceived by the serpent. And so, even if somebody else is influencing you to do sin, to sin, to turn against what God has said and do it, and they make be making a very good argument. Well, God really doesn't want you to be unhappy in life. You ought to divorce that wife of yours because you're just so unhappy. Not, you know, God doesn't want you unhappy. You should just go ahead and divorce them. Let's say you're really miserable. In that marriage That may sound pretty appealing You know it could, There could be those, those things But that's not what God said You know that's not what God said Someone is trying to influence you Right With something you want to hear You want to hear it You accept it Point is Don't be influenced by what People say Be influenced by what God says Because that's That's what's going to be best for us It may be hard it may be hard for the rest of your life but the point is, that is what God has told us that we're going to do. If we're going to become, well, that situation, if we're going to get in that relationship, that type of relationship, it's for life. So you have to work through those things. I've got to find a way to overcome that the best I can. All right. So I won't preach the lesson on that one. But that but, uh, just say it happens to be one of the easiest ones to come up with. And then... Um, then another one is, uh, I just can't help myself. What is is this not sin? Because I just really can't help myself. Well, that's pretty weak. That's pretty weak. Second Peter, what it's talking about? Second Peter, the second chapter, and uh, verse fourteen. So uh, second Peter two fourteen. It says, Having eyes full of adultery, they cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have hearts trained in uh, covetous practices and are accused uh, of cursed children. All right, so what is he talking about here? Can't help ourselves. No, we really can. But the influences in our lives that we allow ourselves to be moved by, could be learned, but when we come to understand, we have to change. And even if we don't come to learn, we we can understand what's right and wrong um, just by looking around ourselves. Around the practices that we that we deal in life, according to our own sinful nature, are going to be contrary to what God says. This says that. If you're an individual that's, that's had your heart trained on doing those things, which are contrary to God's, that you're coveting something other than God. So if your hearts are trained on covetousness, coveting the things that you want contrary to God, that's sin. So there's no such thing as you can't help yourself. We can change. As long as we have breath within ourselves, we can make a decision to do those things, things that are pleasing before God. To make our lives right. And be what God wants us to be. And that's exactly what he wants us to do. So all these excuses for sin. Sin is sin. No matter what. It's since sin is wrong always. It's always wrong. Uh, we can't justify it. We can't ignore it. We can't uh, continue in it. So it's a matter of we have to get out of sin. So... Taking those thoughts and just making those applications Just realize there's no way you can Justify sin And when you find yourself wanting to go That way then just be warned right off the bat I need to to go a different direction I need to go a different direction I need to be pleasing before God Because this isn't good for me And it's not going to please my God We're supposed to be Those that have put on Christ Are supposed to be children of God Molded into the image of our Father and our Lord. We're not supposed to look like the rest of the world. So when we are tempted to sin, realize that we're not molding ourselves that way. We're choosing to do the things that make us what we want to be, and that's not what God wants us to be. He wants us to be with Him forever. He wants us to be like Him now and throughout eternity. So that was all given to us through... And that salvation is given to us as a blessing through the blood of Christ. So I just offer that invitation to anyone that, that understands that they have sinned before God. We can go to, go to God in prayer and ask for the forgiveness of our sins. To be a child of God, you have to be obedient to God. You have to do the things that, that the Lord has shown us to do. We have to believe who He is. That Christ is the Son of God. We have to understand that sin, our, cho- our choices, are contrary to the will of God. So we have to turn away from sin. That's repenting, right? What we've done wrong. Because without the blood of Christ, we're without hope. There is no there is no uh, way to resolve our position before God. We're condemned. But if we believe Christ, the Son of God, if we repent of our sins and turn away, and walk faithfully with Him in His ways, that means paying attention to what He says, His examples. What does He want from me? Then we can be pleasing before God, and we can be forgiven for our sins as we're baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, and there we meet the blood of Christ the forgiveness of sins, and we can be washed clean and have all those sins and those burdens we're carrying taken away. And then God will us to his church, to the family. All right, so if you haven't done that, you have an opportunity now. If it's of a personal nature, then you can take care of that on your own. If you'd like prayers, we'd be glad to pray with you. Thank you for listening this morning. Hope it was helpful to you.